0: Hello and welcome to Horrific Chats, in this segment we talk to independent authors and other creators in the world of horror to discuss their introduction to the genre, inspirations and thoughts. Tonight we're joined by Scott Donnelly, an independent author who has recently released Mothman, Return to Point Pleasant, to very much success. Scott, how are you? It's like, um, before we begin, I have to say, a smash to us yesterday, great book, and I, was, I know you had mentioned that you were going to uh, give us a nod, but I wasn't expecting they actually have a mention in the back of the book. So uh that was a nice surprise at the end and honestly really happy so thank you very much means the world honestly
1: oh you're welcome now i'm uh, pre- very appreciative of uh you having me on here and and supporting supporting me and other independent authors
0: uh, it's absolutely no problem it's a pleasure to do this uh this is what we're all about um that's what we'll get a chance to talk about uh during this little segment um the world of publishing, is, uh, it's no easy thing, and trying to find your voice is really, really difficult. So anything we can do to sort of work together and help each other, that's thats what it's all about at the end of the day.
1: hmm Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm all about supporting other indie creators and horror creators in, in, in particular, but um, no, they, they all deserve to, to get noticed and be seen for the work they put into their their projects.
0: Absolutely, and uh, include yourself in that as well, because uh, one thing I've noticed is you've been very proactive and uh, especially since we've started interacting with sharing posts and liking and commenting, and that's, that's all part of the currency of uh, this new digital world. That's that's worth more than paying an advertising agency. No, it's that actual organic um, reaction and interaction with posts is what gets us out there. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, as- absolutely. Um- no, I was going to say that, uh, that that if you share one thing, there's so many people that could potentially see it, and even if it catches one person's eye, that can spiral into getting more, you know, subscribers to a podcast or or readers or or something. So it's very important to to support the
0: the indie creators by by sharing on on social media. Is it easy to get wrapped up in your own little world? Um, and I know this has been a, a recent thing with authors in particular. It used to be um get published with a public student house, they take care of all the promotion you just concentrate on writing. Now even more so and you have a bit of a unique perspective in this because you are in both worlds, so to speak. There's still a onus on authors to publish themselves. Is that a bit of a hurdle? People are finding it difficult difficult to get over? Uh, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. There was so, a, a um, bit of a, a delay. Uh, apologies, for that. Um It's the joys of technology <laughs> and being online and live. That's that's right. what we get. <laughs> um, I was just saying, you right. have a unique perspective. You're both published and still uh, create independent works. Uh, recently, uh, it's become obvious that there's still an onus in on authors to self promote and publish. Is that a hurdle that mm. a lot of authors still find difficult to get over? Self-promotion? Yes, and the fact that you're responsible for yes. brooding your... uh, it. Yeah, self promotion's is kind of
1: tricky because you don't want to come off desperate. Um, but the, but if you're the only one who's involved with your, your, your creative project... Um, you kind of just have to have to bite the bullet and do it. And I know personally I share, um, share my, my book posts on, on some, um, book groups on Facebook and, and things like that. So that that's some of the self promotion. It's always so much nicer when somebody else is able to step in and help you with it because it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Um, and they are also reaching people that you might not be able to, um, but self-promotion is definitely it, it. can be uncomfortable at times because you don't like you. Like I said, you don't want to come off as desperate or hey, come buy my book or look at my book or. Um, yeah. But, nobody know, wants to be gotta, the door-to-door sales person. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's a tricky thing. But I, I think for independent authors, you don't have the backing of, of a of a publisher or a significantly large group of of supporters at at least at first um you kind of have to self-promote
0: yeah that's that's one thing i'm trying to talk to people about um i was guilty of it myself i hate that look at me i'm brilliant Mm -hmm. you know it's not my personality and i don't think it's most people's personalities um even as a creative, your focus is on the creation and putting the thing out. The actual "Hey, come look at my stuff" right. is always a little bit awkward. And if you're <laughs> in that, then you're more of a salesperson anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of your vocation. Hmm. Yeah.
1: No. So, like, when opportunities come up like this with with your podcast and um, how you're, you guys are helping independent authors get seen and have their stories heard. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that. That they really need
0: oh thanks very much that's in the end it's it's a bit of a prequel um we get content we get the play with stories get the you know it's a hobby at the end of the day um so mm-hmm. it gives us something to do we get to interact with people but on the flip side it helps because uh, i'm a i've seen especially in the movie world and I don't know if you've listened to our other live things, but I go on at length The people are like sick of listening to me about the large corporations that have just consumed creativity and mm-hmm. it's the most bland people <laughs> who are in charge of creative endeavors and it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely more creativity
1: um, is definitely needed. <laughs> and sometimes it's the, the, the people who haven't been noticed who have some of the, the better ideas that haven't been done before. And, they just they can't get their stuff out there.
0: Yeah, and even in this, uh, because there's so much information, and that's why I'm a proponent of let's work together as much as possible because um, mm-hmm. it's the only way to do things. You, no person's an island. Uh, the old uh, English saying, no, no, right. no man's an island. We'll have to work together. We're like a... We're a... Let's My brain has just went... That's, that's another good start. <laughs> we're a communal being. We we rely on others that's how we inspire each other you know through our interactions and our communications so this is just mm-hmm. another avenue for that and also it's good to take yourself out of your headspace and not just sit in a yeah. little bubble right because it's no i
1: i definitely agree it's, it's it's good to collaborate when you can and um especially with like-minded people
0: even not like-minded people um there's this uh, thing online as well. Everyone must think exactly the same way, use exactly the same words mm-hmm. in the exact same sequence, and if you don't, you're the worst person in the world. And we just <laughs> mentioned Facebook; those groups, some of them can be really toxic. Like it's mm-hmm. taken me years to whittle down. I'm a member of about a hundred groups,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and honestly, the there's ones that I might join and only stand on for about a week or two, and then I'm like, nope, out. <laughs> it's not, it's not even right. worth uh sharing an episode or getting involved with the, the drama that takes place I, yeah. I just no time for it yeah have you found out no. um you said you do post to some groups have you found the experience to be positive or is there times you're just like why, why am i even here
1: yeah it's kind of hit or miss really because there would be some groups where You'll get a couple likes or, or you know, responses to your posts, but I'd say a good majority of them get buried under so many other people's posts that it's just, it's hard for yours to be seen. So you need to have like either an image or something that'll catch their eye. So they stop scrolling and say, Oh, let me see this. But it's, it's, yeah, it's. I mean, I I do it because I, I've gotten s- some good responses, but mostly there's there's nothing that that comes out of that really. So.
0: Yeah, um, I post obviously every week. Every time the new episode comes out, I, I post the Facebook groups, and I cannot. I can safely say that there's no one group where I get all the responses from. Every week it's different. <laughs> every week it'll be a different mm-hmm. group. That yeah. Really blows up. <laughs> And the other groups are just big right. crickets. And then the following week, um, <laughs> also the whole thing where like the groups are so anti-spam, which is fair enough because if you see some of the like really crazy sharing groups, uh, stay away from those; they're mental. It's just spam, 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 like every mm-hmm. second. So I can understand I'm trying to avoid it, but it's never the same. Right. I'll have there's groups I've been members of for years and post no problem, and then one week they'll just ban the episode and say this isn't against our policies. And I'm like. It's okay for the last two years. What what's wrong tonight? I was probably just a different uh, moderator, <laughs> but it's just so random. You can't tear it down.
1: Yeah, no, I have had things deleted like instantly before, and I can't ever figure out why because like I would have posted something very similar the week before. So I don't I don't know how they all work. I think some are just automated, some are managed, and I I don't know. <laughs> it's uh,
0: I honestly, if I ever find out the solution. You know i'll share it with everybody because they'll be like ah finally we have an answer <laughs> <laughs> right even the group um because actually uh, over the time as well i've made one-to-one connections that's the thing it's not just some faceless entity you know i've met group owners moderators admins you know i've talked to mm-hmm. i've got people on my friends list that do both uh people have obviously got involved with the podcast um people i'm hoping to fight on in the future as well because right. that's another aspect of the whole horror genre and supporting you know because that's how people mm-hmm. anywhere where people connect it's an opportunity to collaborate and get creativity out there so i'm all all about talking about it in the different methods but there really is no yeah. there's no set way to do things or who to talk to or which groups to post them it just doesn't happen and there's no guarantee you're going to mm-hmm. um, now that you've uh it's Raven Publishing, is that correct? Raven Tail's Publishing, you've recently gotten involved with Raven Tail Publishing. Have you seen a difference uh, mm-hmm. in maybe your engagement through them uh, as a published author, as opposed to your own endeavours? Or have you still got as much of a burden on you to promote and get yourself out there? So with with
1: Raven Tail, they 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 do promote. For you, so the the burden of having to share or post my stuff is is limited at this point with them because they they have taken on the responsibility of, of doing that. So they're obviously able to reach a much wider audience all at once than I am. So that's when it when it comes to being involved with a publisher like that.
0: don't also, we um, it was with Cutter Scarecrow we. We had initially planned to put it out, and then while uh, negotiations were going on, obviously we put that in the back burner, which is all part of it, Mm -hmm. Um, because my thing is, there seems to be a whole dichotomy about independently published or through a publishing house, whether it's an independent publisher or one of the large, it's either either or, and at least I can talk to yourself, you're in a position where we've dealt with both, and I, through a third hand, have actually dealt with the publisher, um, not just... Raven Tales, but another publisher to get authors out. I personally find the experience to be quite pleasant and there's no animosity and a worked or it didn't, you know, we test things out. Mm-hmm. What is the antagonism about between independent publishers or independent authors who self-publish and people who are published through uh, independent publishers or larger uh, entities? Why is there that antagonism? What What is the whole thing behind it? Because I'm still wrapping my head around it and don't understand.
1: So my personal experience, I've only been with Raventail for almost almost a year now. Um, I only have a couple titles under them currently. Um, but there's the... So the, when you're independently self-publishing, you have full creative control, and I think that's what a lot of authors want, um, especially you know if they have a vision or if they have some artwork that they've done for the cover and they think it fits their story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like I said, I can only speak from my my. But well, this is what we're I here to. We're here, we're here to, to hear you. Some this the- isn't about
0: palling people, by the way. This is about trying to break right. down. I mean there's a lot of I think unnecessary antagonism out there and the whole point of this is that mm-hmm. let's have the conversation, let's use people's right. experiences, and let's let's find not there's no one path. That let me be clear where I'm coming from with this. There's no one path, there's nobody right and wrong. I'm sick of that whole conversation. Right. Do you know what I mean? I want the yeah. you know, what I mean I want to try and open up the doors, the possibilities how you find your experiences so that others can take inspiration that's, that's what this is all about i'm not right. about uh, you right. know just so i'll clarify i'm not about that nonsense at all that's what that's what we're here to try and get rid of. right yeah so like with
1: with with Raven Tail, they 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 take on a lot of the responsibilities that a self-published author would normally have to um have to have to do themselves as far as formatting and cover designs and um and marketing in making sure everything's presentable enough. Um, I I, I think where the what you're talking about, the maybe a little bit of the the back and forth is just the author. The creator wants. Wants their entire vision seen, And when you're with a publisher, you may have most of it out there. But there, there are limitations like with self-publishing, I'm able to reach out to people like you, like whenever I feel like it and, and reviewers and talk to other podcasts or YouTube channels. Um, and then when under, under certain contracts, you, they might not want you to go that way because they're the ones taking care of the marketing. Um, so that's why with, with killer scarecrow, I had, what I can trying try to remember because I think I had given it to you and then between the time I gave you that that opening part of the book and then before you were able to record it that's when I had signed with raven tail and killer scarecrow went under their name um which I didn't feel right at that point uh taking control
0: Absolutely. and that's a sensible you know I completely awkward. sensible approach When you've got another yeah so
1: i always check yeah so i i definitely um waited a little while till i was more comfortable with uh the person of contact and the company and i got to speak with a few people and then i i ran up by them i was like there's a the podcast who wants to publish or put out um a reading of the the first chapter um and eventually she said yeah that sound that sounds good let me you know, here, let me hear it. And you were able to send me an advance, listen to it. So I sent it and they, they loved it. So they said, yeah, go for it. So, um, Raven Tail has been very, very easy to work with. They're, they're, they have some very good people that, um, that are trying to help get, get these books out for the authors. And they've been very easygoing and I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed speaking with, um, and working with the people that I have so far.
0: And that's that's what I mean, Um, a bit of communication. And I think that's um, and it's not just about the authors saying they want this. I find that there's a like, there's a whole argument about, oh, you're independently published, how dare you, you're part of a publisher, you're a sellout. You know, it's this mindset, (laughs) which I don't get because you're actually in a unique position of both, so you can explore both worlds. So if there's something that Mm -hmm. you can't agree with with the publisher you can still explore it yourself do you find that liberating Uh, that you're not chained in and if something doesn't fit the publisher you can go well you're happy enough i'll take us on my own if it succeeds it succeeds if not no harm no foul
1: yeah that i mean it was a it was an opportunity that i you know they don't come along that often of you know publisher coming to you and 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 stuff like that so I, I thought it was something that I would regret if I didn't give it a shot and um it, it has definitely been able to um, get a little more attention on some books and also coming back to what you were you were saying I think by a, I think just the the general person might see uh, published work and then independent self-published and I think self-published just automatically gets a bad name because people might think it's inferior to to what books that these big companies put out, and that's not that's not always the case because I've met some um, amazing indie authors um, along the way who have written fantastic stuff, and it and it's and it, unfortunately things that might not get seen by a mass audience because it's it's just not through like a, a major publication.
0: No what's um that's good. And that's the whole point of this conversation. Sorry, Zoom just decided to pop up with a random message I was like, why not? That's right. <laughs> I restart this I <laughs> <laughs> get from Zoom, yes I'm gonna ruin your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> something about an up- upgrade or something yes like f- there's always somebody uh, and that's that's not a thing to be wary of and actually we could probably talk this. how many scam things are out there you, you enter the publishing world and there's people want money off you give us so much money and we'll do this we'll do that and it's, you know these wonderful right. deals that are just too good to be true it's like before you even start everyone wants to stick their arm in how frustrating is that when you're right. just trying to start out and find your voice Oh, did I lose you? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Right, I was just saying about. A little bit, sorry. The minute you start this journey, um, there's so many entities that are just after you for money. They're like, pay us this, pay us that, we'll do that. And um, how frustrating is that when the the only thing you want to do initially is just get your work out there, find your voice, and then get started on your journey? How annoying is it? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's very annoying um you know of course when they start trying to i mean there, there are there are so many ways to publish your stuff um for free you know you don't you don't need to take these expensive avenues in order to get if your book's good people are going to read it um or you know a podcast is good they're going to listen to it or or whatever but um no when we need start getting hounded with people saying hey i can i can get hundred thousand views on your post you know just contact me and and it it, you just you you can't trust anybody when they start coming at you like that yeah it's and uh um you, you don't that you don't need to the work should speak for itself you don't necessarily need to start spending all this money just to get your book out there. I know I've known some people who have fallen for vanity press, um, and it's turned them off of, you know, publishers completely. And they're not all like that. If, if they start asking you for money to put your book out, you just should, you should stop and walk away immediately. Um,
0: as, as well as yeah, just you like, don't, both you do to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just have that bit of, um, Just step back. It's but it's it's difficult as well. If you're creative, this might not necessarily be your focus. No, I mean the focus Mm -hmm. is on the creation, the piece of art, and then as all artists, we like to have recognition. You know, we want to know that we haven't wasted our time. I think that's more than the sort of narcissistic. You know, you see people just want attention, but I think if you're a creator, it's more validation for the time and effort spent on something as opposed to adulation from crowds so it's easy to fall in that sort right. of trap wouldn't you especially when you're first starting yeah, out it is.
1: yeah when you're first starting out and you're desperate that you're like oh i got my book written i got this i want to get it out there for everybody to see and um it, it probably at that point would be very easy to f- fall into the trap of of shelling out a lot of money to do that when that's it's gonna backfire completely on you
0: when did you personally turn a corner? I know we had questions, this, but that's why this, this thing goes, <laughs> just go with the conversation. When did you feel like you've, you've turned a corner in terms of not being overwhelmed by this whole sphere? Because it is infinite. Um, and then starting to recognize when people are trying to take you for a ride or somebody who's genuinely trying to help. When did you think that sort of turning point came about for yourself? Sorry, oh, can did you, we'll can you... lose again. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I need to, I need, I need, to plug my laptop in. I'm so sorry. All right, okay. I'll, will
0: talk for a minute now, when you're back <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the joys of technology, and this is why I actually, this is part of the fun of going live because it's all out there. Um, I think people are sick and tired of like overly produced studios, never going to be imperfect. Actually, I think this is wonderful because uh, wonderful, cause uh anyone else else on as well. Now, now we know. Make sure these are charged. Make sure we've got the things plugged in. Check connections. It's all, it's, this is all part of the admin in the background. Um, but once you get it cracked, it just makes life so much easier. But how can you test this stuff unless you do it? You know, it's, sorry to sit in the background and test everything in theory, but until you actually go live and in front of the camera, like, and to me, it's always, every week I've done this, and every time I go live, is always something new. And that's, that's part of the fun, because I don't think you'll ever crack it. You know what I mean? that's a joy of technology and also just putting yourself out there because once you do but you know what i mean you're at the mercy of uh, so many elements but yeah um i mentioned here uh obviously scott's been on with us twice now uh produced two episodes uh killer scarecrow that's available online and Wolfman return to point pleasant came out a couple of weeks ago um two great stories i've read both and he had real blast uh, good quick easy reads and uh, i got this done the day you know what i mean i see for the first time in ages i just switched off everything put on music and sat down and read and that's wasn't thinking about podcasts or uploading or anything and that's that's the joy of reading and uh, just taking that time out so it's always important to do that as well are we back
1: i i am back i'm sorry fantastic about that.
0: <laughs> here this is um as i was just uh i'm sort of bad living there while you we were getting sorted out this is the joys of going live there's no hiding and it's all
1: yeah you can't stop this stuff from happening
0: and that's that's half the fun as well because i think as well there's been a change in the audience and that's where like the mainstream or legacy media medias are becoming known as have had a real struggle the audience has changed they don't want the polished studios anymore. They don't want everything clipped and precise, and everyone wearing makeup and you know being robotic in front of the camera. They don't want that. They want reality. They want normal people who just happen to create things. You know, talking, and they want to see this because guaranteed. Now you could put this in a hundred tutorials, but something like have your laptop charger in. You know, I and mean, people remember more this <laughs> this way than anything else. You know, what I mean it's all it's all part of the the journey. So thanks, thanks for that tutorial. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, we're here to, uh, like I said, we're here just to enjoy ourselves, spend spend a few dits, have a, enjoy ourselves in the process, and uh, hopefully uh, provide some interesting content, <laughs> whatever way it might uh, turn out. Um. So, uh, we'll yeah. Talk about your publishing. Let's let's go back to Mothman. Um, this is really, uh, like, I got this read yesterday. Sure. And for once, I was just saying there uh, to the audience, for once, I just I switched off my computers, just put music on and actually sat down with a physical book. And it was so relaxing because mm-hmm. I, have, I use both. I use print media, I use digital, I use my Kindle and everything else. But I think with digital, digitally, there's just too much chance of getting distracted and it almost feels like work. How do you feel yourself about, mm-hmm. um, is there still a place for printed media in the world?
1: For printed media, is that what you said?
0: Yeah, is there still a is there still a date? Is it still a valid uh, platform? Yeah, I think so. Um,
1: I know a lot of people who would prefer to have uh, a physical copy of a book in their hands than sit there on their phone or a tablet or a computer and, and scroll through reading things. Um, I, I think personally, I, I would even prefer to have physical book although sometimes it's it's easier to have your your phone you know with with kindle on there or something just pop it open you read where whenever wherever but um um no i i think the physical book will always have a have a place and and i there's just something about it you know kind of it, it's different than than sitting there with it with a tablet or something digital
0: um, yeah it's the whole tactile experience I, yeah. which i think um I think people are starting to draw back to um, for a while there we lost it. Everyone got excited with the digital age, which was, oh, instant. Everything's here. But I think as a human species, we need that tactility. We need um, mm. the feel of them. We need to experience it. And as much as this is wonderful and I'm a proponent of technology, uh, I've been with technology from the very beginning, from the early nineties. So I've seen how it's progressed mm-hmm. rapidly, but I'm also aware that's cause I'm an old codger as well, uh, that you're missing something. If you cut it, if you cut out like face-to-face interactions, actually speaking to people, if everything's just done through text, you're definitely missing something. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It's, um, it's easy to not get the entire message or, or feeling behind the message when it's, um, you know, when somebody texts you or or, or whatever, if you're face to face, that's when you can really experience what people are saying. Not to mention that, you know, texts are just impossible to decipher like a mood. You can rep- re- reply, OK, and you don't know how the person thought that. Yeah. Is it
0: OK running for the tube? You know, I've only got a quick second. Don't you think I'm rude? Or is it just can't be bothered? Or is it? just a simple okay it's that's right. that's a that's a thing your imagination takes over um that's a thing about horror as well um i think it's the only genre that actually really le- lets you escape because you, only you can imagine what's out there in the shadows sci-fi mm-hmm. kind of explains the like one of the things with sci-fi books and movies is they have to explain their technology so you know the rules mm-hmm. fantasy is right. the same thing they have to explain the magic system so you know the rules but with all, uh horror there's very rarely you know some things are let out but there's very rarely rules in terms of uh, even with um, your most recent book you've you've left it open for the author or sorry the reader's interpretation is that mm-hmm. what got you into horror in the first place, or what was it that uh, that aspect of horror, or was it something else?
1: Yeah, so I I think you're right. With all these other genres, you need to have some sort of explanation before you can tell the story. um Whether, like you said, it be sci-fi films or, or books, and you need to need to understand first the world that they're in and what kind of things they have. And, but with with horror, I feel like I think I personally I think the scariest thing in the world is the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen from one minute to the next, and sometimes it can it can really take over people. And um, especially with things like topics like like Mothman or you know ghosts or UFOs or it's stuff that we don't fully understand and we don't know. So the 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 dread and the and the not knowing what something looks like or or where something is or if there's something there at all like i think that's the the scariest kind of stuff and yeah i i would say um also le- i think less is more when you're trying to scare somebody you don't want to give them a crystal clear image of your monster or or what's going on because the more mystery behind that and you leave a lot up to your imagination and your imagination can come up with its own terrifying visuals. And, um, and I I think that's, that's the kind of horror I like is that when it, when it leaves it, it makes you think more about what's going on or what something is or what it needs or wants. And um, I think that that's the scariest kind of part
0: yeah um that's a major problem with the franchises obviously um once like the first first two movies or books in the series the mystery's still there but once you've seen the monster and it's been revealed they kind of get themselves into a rut um is that where maybe horror comedy kind of steps in um one example i'll use uh, my favorite franchise nightmare on elm street the first two books were our first two movies in the series sorry i had i used to have the books as well you know the novelizations um mm-hmm. but they relied on horror part one and part two part three and this is where the franchise changed they understood they can't really rely on horror anymore and that's where the the one-liners come in and the comedy aspect of it mm-hmm. it's the only franchise right. i knows went that direction and was able to stay uh like keep its long to if we look at recently, uh, Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre, uh, Halloween series, they've completely lost any sort of scars, just become action movies as such, under a horror umbrella. Right, right. Is that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we'll look at even the Alien franchise, that started off as horror, and then had to become an action movie, because once the creature's revealed, it's not lurking around the shadows anymore. Um. Right. I'm trying to formulate a question because I have a bad <laughs> tendency to go. I think
1: I know. I know what you're saying. Um, when when you when you show too much, it, it loses what you might be aiming for to begin with. Like you, like like Alien, like the first movie. You see glimpses of it here and there, and then you see it more towards the end. But um, but then when the sequels come, they they're just they're just extra characters that are just always around, and they're not nearly as um, scary as they should be. Plus, you always run the risk, too, is if you, if you have a, a creature in, in a movie that's been designed or whatever, you're always going to run the risk of somebody thinking it looks so stupid and silly, you know, and then other people might think it's scary. And, and when you show it, you just run the risk of going either way, really
0: so how do you avoid that trap as a creator that's where i was going sorry my brain does catch up sometimes so how do you avoid that trap (laughs) as a creator because you've actually got um you have a series on the go right now part of the uh scarecrow franchise um how how are you avoiding Mm -hmm. falling in that trap what's your what's your plan without giving away obviously plots
1: Right, so with the killer uh, Killer Scarecrow series, it's been co- it, the the series is called uh, Tales from Mara Lane, and the the first one is called Killer Scarecrow, um, and it's set up kind of like a, a typical slasher almost. Um, there's an accident at the beginning of the book; somebody dies. Uh, a year later, somebody comes. In, in a Scarecrow costume that was relevant in the, in the opening of the book mm-hmm. um, and when the book ends it, it is a, I think it's a satisfying ending um, and then with with the sequel it's called Alien Massacre so what I've developed is a I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was saying
0: a clever thing you did at the end of uh, Killer Scarecrow because I, I obviously read the film book in Kindle, you left it open you revealed the killer but you didn't Right. Uh I'm thinking of that last scene and the uh, I, I don't like yeah, I don't want to uh, spoil the plot for anybody. Get it, read it. Honestly, it's well worth it. But you you revealed yeah, thank you. the killer, but you also didn't at the same time. You left it open. And it was hinted all along, which I appreciated because that could have just been slam the door at the end of the book done. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. Right. So yeah. how have you managed to take that idea now into the rest of the the series?
1: Right, so what I've developed is it kind of very reminiscent of uh, Fear Street. So the the stories will take place all on the same street. So Marilyn, Tales from Marilyn, that's where Killer Scarecrow took place. It's a very small residential neighborhood. Um, Alien Massacre picks up, I believe it's just several months after Scarecrow. Um, and it tells a completely different story, with elements of Scarecrow that kind of weave in and out. Um, and then the third book, which I'm I'm currently working on, will um, will answer a lot more questions from Killer Scarecrow and Alien Massacre, um, and it'll just it'll just all kind of combine into one giant story that I think nobody's going to really see it coming until it actually happens
0: so is this a definitive trilogy or are you going to because that's that's one thing i've noticed when um maybe some creators don't have an actual end when how they're going to finish this that's mm-hmm. where the the potholes or the, the sort of the hazards appear where you can write yourself into a your corner have you decided now that the trilogy is it or do you have ideas to expand further
1: the trilogy will be a complete complete story so you got the first one with the killer scarecrow the next the, the second one which is out now is called alien massacre it's a completely different story uh but very very slightly connected to the first one and then in the third one both of those stories kind of come in to one um, and, and you'll see that even since the very beginning, there's been this, uh, there's been this story arc that needs to be completed. Um, and so the, the, the trilogy will be just a set trilogy story. If there are more after that, I would explore some other possibilities within that little universe I created. So is it
0: important that you close the door at a certain point so that you know you're finished with that portion? and then you don't have the temptation to go back and ah maybe one more book maybe one more book and then right that's like i said with these franchises that is so much that is the danger and then you lose what was originally there and brought people in the first place
1: yeah no definitely um the the third book will put an end to the story that that i started with with scarecrow um and if i chose down the line to to do more it would i would Create an, a new scenario or story within there. I, I'd probably leave all these characters alone at that point.
0: All right, cool. that's good. That's good. And is that a difficult thing to do? Because you've invested in creating these characters, you've almost given right. them life. Is that a hard thing to do? To close <laughs> the door and go, nah, no more. You're done. Finished with you? Or does it depend on the story? I think it depends
1: on depends on this. St- it would depend on how much i like the characters really um which i I like the characters i've created for this series i I think there's a lot of um a a lot that people can hopefully connect to with them because i i give them real real world problems that they're dealing with that just happen to uh overlap with these uh you know Supernatural or, or horrific elements, um, so it kind of adds an extra layer of stress and, and pressure to them. Um, so I do like these characters. Um, I'll make sure that some of them get get good uh, get a good ending,
0: <laughs> even if it's not uh, even if it's not a splatter ending. Because sometimes having a bad character, that's a that's an opportunity to do gnarly things of them, but like <laughs> uh, frustrations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: definitely um no the the people that that deserve and, and need to live by the end of this trilogy probably will but they're i if if you've read i don't know you probably haven't read Alien massacre yet they're not yet but uh
0: definitely them. uh on the radar my problem is i'm so stuck with um you know this takes up quite a bit of time all the admin in the background so like i said right. yesterday was a treat mm-hmm. for me to actually just sit down and read something even though it was technically link to the show just sitting down reading something that i'm not thinking about okay i'm about to start recording this or it's not a snippet or it's not something for a review you know what i mean it's um so Record. i have a load of stuff on my radar and it's just a matter of getting around it that's why i, I try to say to people don't send me full books because <laughs> i'm not going to get through or if you're going right. to tell me what bit you want or also just in the first chapter because it's just a it's a time thing and expediency, and mm-hmm. then at a later point Maybe six months later, I'll get back to something. Oh, I finally got round to reading that. Brilliant, you know. And I'll shoot them a message. But it really is just that, right. um, just getting the time to do it. But yeah, um, I love reading. I love, I love seeing other people's ideas. I love getting taken to places, and that's why I'm a proponent for mm-hmm. independent creation. Because you go to mm-hmm. the you go to the six million publishing houses. You go to Hollywood. You go to the legacy. Like, go to TV it's all the same stuff you can almost beat for beat tell how it's going to work out and it's got even worse lately because there's an an extra level of antagonism in it as in we hate the audience stuff you we're doing this don't care if you like it or not in fact you don't like it even better because i've i've won sort of thing it's very very strange at the moment the the times we're living in (laughs) yeah uh so you just uh, talking about your you're finished up a trilogy. Have you anything else uh, on the go at the moment, or is it just as and when ideas come to you? I'm sorry, can you repeat? Are You
1: saying so? Apart what from am finishing I, off the,
0: next. Or? Apart from finishing off your trilogy, have you had other projects? Do you constantly have a like a stream of projects on the go, uh, or do you yeah. just like to focus on getting something finished first before moving on?
1: no i usually have um i usually have a lot of things kind of started or or i'm working on it once that way if if i kind of get stuck somewhere i can jump to, to something else and, and until until i can get my thoughts back for, for for the one i was working on um yeah no i am yeah like i said in final in that Marilyn series final for now i don't know if i'll continue that after the trilogy or not um uh another one I'm, I'm writing is called sea devil for raven tail it's a deep sea horror um so that'll be that'll be fun
0: I haven't seen that in a while actually and yeah that's that's a, that's a um, sort yeah, of it, that's a genre that only pops up now and again um obviously you get the usual vampires and supernatural and paranormal seems to be the thing and real dream sea, um sort of deep sea horror. i can't even remember obviously apart from lovecraft I can't remember the last
1: time I read. Yeah, th- right, yeah. Actually, I actually give a nod out to to Lovecraft and uh, Cthulhu in the book, so um so that'll that'll be kind of cool. Um it's but I have not written in that genre before. So this is the first time I've I've done it. So I've had to do a little bit of research and stuff on you know, the boats and nautical equipment and all this, all that kind of so, stuff.
0: Nautica's
1: so um are... yeah, yeah, it's uh a... so so it's it's been it's been fun to work on. So I am be curious to see how it goes over. Is there a danger
0: um, you're going to be compared to Lovecraft? Like I've instantly once you talk about this open sea or sea horror, that's my go-to, and I think everybody's. How are you gonna not fall into that trap of uh, of just of being compared to, to Lovecraft? You know, because that's that's the instant thing. That, it's going to happen because it's it's not one that's explored very often
1: Hmm. um just kind of make it make it your own story it, just want to i got the idea it took a little bit to get the idea because actually the, the original idea i had for it was a little more lovecraftian and then um i chose to go a different route when i when i finally ironed out a, a out a story um yeah, you just got to, you know, just make it your own. It's it's a little kind of lighter in tone, but then can get pretty vicious. Um, I know Lovecraft is just usually dark all the way through. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I mean, I I can't see this one falling into the trap of trying to compete with, with something like that. It, it's kind of, it's more of kind of like a, a beach read, really, you know, All right, I feel- it's fun sea monster stuff, so
0: fantastic well it's good to know that you've got um, a lot of things in the pipeline and uh, as always great to have you here and you're always welcome on the show and always a contributor we're glad to share your stuff and have you on board as you've been a real asset to the podcast um thank you where's the best place people can look to find you i know we've got uh notes in the description where people can click but where's the best place that people can keep up to date with your work
1: yeah, no, I'm I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I have a, a mailing list, if and if you can find that through my, my link tree, it, it's it's listed in there. Um, I got a couple free novellas that are attached there, so people can get some free stuff just by signing up. Um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm kind of just active there on 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 social media and you know, always looking for, for people to want to check my stuff out or if they just have questions about my my things or
0: um, I'm, you know, being more than happy to, to talk with anybody. Fantastic. Well, Scott, thank you very much for coming on. Great to have you. Um, really exciting work. Nice, uh, great stories. Keep you engaged. Um, folks, make sure you check out Scott and his work. Check our descriptions below. Keep an eye on social media. And until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific.